This is a HeadGum Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new episode of We'll See You in Hell. Anyway, uh, I guess it's time to get on with the show, and in doing so, on with a jump. Now, I'll tell you, folks, that was the best one of the day, <laughs> and it was the third one because this... That was more controlled. It was a more it was a more controlled vocal performance. This fucking horror equipment that I have keeps fucking up. And uh, but anyway, this is like our fourth time restarting the podcast. The previous two, I would say, were more raw emotionally, but they were a little a little pitchy, dog. I got to be honest, a little pitchy, dog. That one was uh, just beautiful. I think we can all agree. All right, let's just get into this movie. We're doing the Babadook. It's on Netflix. Um, pause if you need to get it set up if you want to do this with us. Um, we're at one thirty-three forty-five, something like that. Forty-six. Forty-six. So literally right at the beginning. Let's do a one, two, go. three, play. One, one two, two, three, play. play. All right, the movie is going. IFC The Babadook. Duke, Babadook, 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 a duck, a duck. What was that song originally? Shoopy Doo. Oh, yeah. Salt and Pep. Shoop. Shoop by the Salt and the Pep. Shoop was number one on the Hot 9 at 9 in St. Louis for a record breaking like 40 weeks. Every Monday they did a hot, or no, every night they did a Hot 9 at 9. It was the number one for like 40 weeks until finally, if I'm not mistaken, it was knocked out by Everything I Do, I Do It For You by Brian Adams. Might have gone the other way Oh, around. so it wasn't like number one on a rap station. It was just number one. It was my local like, you know, pop station. Hot music station, yeah, when I was like 10, 11. My stations growing up didn't mix uh, musical genres at all. It was always just like there was the rap station. There was the rock station. Okay. There was like the bullshit pop dance station. My big, like the big Hot 99 station, you know, it would go from like Loser by Beck would be a huge song for a while, and then it would go into like more like a TLC type thing. It was, it was pretty all over the map. That's jerking me around too much. Yeah. That's jerking I like, me around I like a lot much. of variety. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't dislike it, but, uh, but, you know, I don't need it every other song. I understand. You know, um, here's the reason we're doing the Duck today. Number one, it's considered a new classic, I would say, in the horror it is. field. Uh, number two, it's a very well-reviewed uh, uh, and recognized film. And most importantly, number three, it's a cool 90 minutes. <laughs> yep. So we, we're getting right in there. We yeah. were going to do The Evil Within, which was recommended to us by our still friend and ex-producer, Ken Hanley. Um, but we were having problems with Amazon Prime streaming and whatever so here we are now back on netflix doing the old babadook and uh we have both seen the babadook i i saw it when it came out and liked it quite a bit although wasn't 
passionate about it. And Joe, it seems like you did not like it. Uh, no, I, I think it's a good film. Oh, I think it's very well okay. crafted, but I didn't like it. I don't like any of these. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen this. I don't like any of these movies where in the end it's like, it was just all in her head. I don't, I, I'm never a fan when that's the explanation of everything. You like it to actually be a, a, a Baba Duke from another realm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, the goddamn movie's called The Baba Duke. Like, make the fucking thing a thing that's yeah. real. Make it. Is Baba Duke an actual thing, like a leprechaun, or was it invented for this movie? Uh, like, is there a legend of Baba Duke? No, I think it's. I, I think it's made up for the film. I don't know. If you feel like looking it up, I won't, I can look it up. Hold on. I got my phone. Oh, I have my computer right here. All right. Let me look it up. History um, of the Babadook. But I, my money is on that it was made up for this film. Yeah, it's because it's a children's book, so they probably made it up. That's true. Yeah, like uh, she gets the mysterious children's book on her porch. Right. And, um, and then it turns out she just wrote it. Right. Which, you know, I mean... I keep hearing good things about Annabelle creation. Maybe we should go see that and talk about it. I would very much like to see that. It's supposed to be great. Um, People I really like were saying on, on Facebook and such that it's like unbearably scary. Really? Yeah. I uh, never saw Annabelle. It sucks. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I've heard it sucks. Yeah. The original Annabelle is, it's, you know, it's it's got its moments, but it's overall, it's not good. But I think what I'm hearing is they did with this, what they did with uh, Ouija origin of evil we which was the movie part yeah, two colon right. origin they, of evil. they took uh they kind of learned from the mistakes of the first one and said okay let's do a prequel and make this right i tell you folks they say there's no original ideas in hollywood but we got an origin story for a board game yeah well, you know <laughs> just one year ago the babadook now here's an article that came up the Babadook is a frightening, fabulous new gay icon. What? Yeah, what is it? This is from The New Yorker. Fierce, perhaps, the greatest compliment that Twitter's gay conglomerate could ever confer is as apt an adjective as any for the Internet's unlikely new queer icon, oh, the Babadook. I think on RuPaul's Drag Race, one of the drag queens was like a Babadook-inspired, but it was post-movie Babadook. Oh, I see. Okay. It's not like the director of the Babadook was inspired by RuPaul's Drag Race. So they're not saying the actual demon. <laughs> no. Is a gay icon. No. All right. That, that makes a little more sense. No. Um, Folks, to kind of timestamp this week's episode, and uh, I know how much you all love when we get into politics here, but um, we are kind of in that sweet spot between maybe heading into nuclear war in the next week. <laughs> But also maybe returning to the time of the Nazis. Who knows? Uh, it'll, but it will be probably one or the other. I do want to say this, folks. If you are a Trump supporter at this point, and I wouldn't have always said this in the beginning, although let's be honest, I kind of would have. You are a racist. You are supporting racism if you support Donald Trump. That's simply true. The man has been asked point blank, do you renounce the KKK? And he refuses to answer the question. So you see, is, is, has that actually happened? That, That's true. Joe, I can show you several videos where people are like, Mr. Trump, though, surely you don't support 
white supremacy and the Ku Klux Klan. Right. And he refuses to answer the question. Oh, He's like, I don't know what that is. I'll look into what these groups are and I'll get back to you. Oh, boy. And then yesterday they're all asking him and he pretends like he can't get out of a room, essentially. Oh, boy. Um, but he won't answer the question because he knows that his bread is kind of buttered by these types of people. Oh, boy. So before in the early days, you could have said, hey, I like Donald Trump because of money or jobs or whatever it is and you would have been wrong there too but uh there was a lot of anger like hey we're not racist just because we support donald trump now however you are so you have to make that decision and i'd like you to make it quickly because it seems as though we're headed for uh an end of the world type scenario (laughs) it's enough uh, I mean, <clears throat> we're we're flying closer to the sun than I than I thought we would, <laughs> and quicker than I thought. Yeah, we would. yeah. Uh, it's it's a it's a bit of a messy situation. A, ca- a, a car drives into people who are protesting Nazis, and Donald Trump goes, "Hey, you know, people are people are full of hate on many sides here." Well, I I here this was my takeaway from that. Um, and Don't, you'll disagree with be, this. Now, step step lightly, Joe. What do you got? No, no, no. I'm going to step lightly. When he said there's hatred on many sides, I, I interpreted that as him saying, look, there are many groups that are doing terrible things and we need to stop that. Because there's Antifa on the left. I think that's the name of it, right? The far hardcore left organization. But that isn't what he meant, though. And well, he said, well uh, that's, that, my point is. He said is, this isn't about Donald Trump or Barack Obama. No one thinks this is about Barack Obama. That's how he starts his speech. Hold on, he didn't. He didn't say it that that uh, clearly. He went like this. He just goes, "It's been going on a long time, long time." Not Donald Trump. Not yeah. Barack Obama. It didn't even make sense. No, it didn't he just make was sense. saying words. Yeah, and that's how he kicked it off. But so anyway, I'll my tell you what, away, what he didn't say at what? any point was, "I disapprove of Nazis and white supremacy" because yes. he can't, and that's terrifying. I think that, well, that in combination with what you're telling me now, that's very, very upsetting. They, I mean, they, they look but, him right uh, in the upon, eye and he won't answer it. But upon my initial review or just watching that, sure. I was like, oh, he's just saying like there's a lot of hate groups and that's never good. I get that. I think uh, he just he, he won't he won't lose one vote like he won't upset anyone who's like if you supported him from the beginning Whatever you've ever done in your life, whether you're a Nazi or not, he loves you because you think he's the best and he agrees with you. Now, what is now? Uh, what about the daughter came out and said, Evans. and said uh, white supremacists and Nazis have no place here. Now, here's this is what upsets me a little bit. Instead of people saying to her, thank you, Ivanka. Thank you for hearing us. Thank you for saying something your dad wouldn't. Yeah. Everybody just takes this flippant like, hey, tell it to your father, dumbass. Yeah. And it's like, well, how do we make any progress that way? You've got somebody on their team that's like trying to recognize and assimilate with with what the opposition is saying. And then the opposition just like pisses on her. And it's I, like- I hadn't I hadn't seen it that way, uh, but I, I do agree with what you're saying. She is at least trying to differentiate herself from her father. But at the same time, all these Republican senators and such who are like, hey, I don't I don't agree with this. They're all there's an element of covering their ass to it as sure, well. Sure. Um, she's married to Jared Kushner. Right. You know, I mean, the man, if anyone's ever looked like a Nazi, <laughs> like, I mean, he screams Nazi. It's she's she's covering her ass because she's hot and she can work forever because she's a hot blonde. 
Oh, uh, boy. She'll go to Fox News and, and do whatever she needs to do. Yeah. But Ivanka keeps trying to play it on both sides like she's real progressive and understanding, and it's and but she's not. Um, and that's fine, but I, I agree that when she says, hey, um, I don't think Nazis are good, we shouldn't then say, fuck you. Well, I, you know, my, my friend Steve Byrne, my friend Steve Byrne had a really great post on Instagram where he said it's 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 uplifting to see people from all sides condemning what's right to condemn. And it was yeah. it was Ben Shapiro, who I'm not a fan of. It was uh, um, uh, uh, Bernie Sanders. It sure. was Obama. It was, I don't know, Bill O'Reilly or somebody like that. Oof. Like it wasn't I don't think it was Bill. But my point is, is like he found people that you would say are extremely on one side or the other. Right. All saying the same thing, which I thought was nice. And I thought was a moment of like, yeah, we need a little more of that. We need a little more of trying to hear one another, especially if we think our president is is a in any way a white supremacist or Nazi sympathizer. He he is, you know, so but I'm I'm, I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying. Right. We need to under I'm saying if you even think there's an inkling of that. Right. Um, you need you, both sides need to be listening to one another a little more, you know. I agree. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's just a mess of a time, folks. Uh, we're not here to talk po- politics. No, we should get off it. No, no one's I don't think has ever said I really enjoyed the political discourse on this week's episode. Never. Not once. But, but I mean, uh, to, to bury your head in the sand is uh, is not helpful either. But we're just trying to bring you some laughs and we'll, we'll get off it. I mean, I don't know. I kind of just feel checked out from people, but I've always felt checked out from people. Sure. How could you not? So, I mean, you know, that's what upsets me the greatest. I've had. And I'm saying this with all honesty, and this is for the people that, uh, you know, are now saying that we're we're swinging too hard for one political team or not, because we're not. Um, we're just recognizing bullshit and calling it. I've had equal fear of saying things publicly from either from both sides. I've had equal fear. Yeah. And I had and this is coming from somebody, by the way. Not that I ever like to just brag about my stripes. I've earned my stripes in this. I've had I've been attacked by online mobs of super, super hardcore conservative people that were trying to get me fired from gigs. and whatever. So I've been down the fucking road. All right. You know, and I still I still didn't say. Fuck, fuck Donald Trump when the election came around after experiencing something like that. So I'm, I feel like I'm pretty up the middle as you can get. And uh, I just think it's a shame that people feel scared mm. to voice their opinion because of backlash from either side. I think that sucks. And again, it's because nobody is talking. Nobody's discussing. Everybody's just attacking yeah. all the time. And when you do that, folks, you know better than the Babadook. <laughs> you know better than the goddamn Babadook. <laughs> And that's what brings us back home. I just uh, uh, Googled Jared Kushner, by the way, and yeah. surprisingly found out the, the hottest new gay icon. Really? Jared. <laughs> that, I, ho- I, <laughs> I mean, I could see it in a hate fuck scenario for sure. I'm kidding. Same I'm with kidding. Ivanka. That, I mean, really, what 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 more delicious hate fuck than Ivanka Trump? <laughs> because she is lovely. 
but she is so horrible as well. I uh, I don't. She doesn't do it for me. She's too like symmetrically hot. Yeah, I get that. When when a girl's too like perfectly like hot, I'm not like turning. Joe likes on, a but... gal with a broken nose. Yeah, you know? yeah, maybe missing <laughs> one of the front teeth. And between us, folks, he likes giving her that broken nose. Okay. <laughs> But that's between them and the friends don't ask questions. <laughs> that's not true. I feel like I need to say that in this day and age. <laughs> that's true. Uh, uh, that's let me a joke. let me take us into uh, Pat's movie corner because I feel like I've seen some things. R- real quick before you do, let's give an update on where we're at in the film. Yeah, because we really have not paid any attention. No, no, no. At this point, it could be Porky's. I wouldn't even know. I haven't even <laughs> no, looked at the screen. If it was Porky's, I wouldn't be talking. But she has... I'd be caught up in the plot of Porky's. The mom has uh, gotten the Babadook book. The Baba book. Yeah, and, and it is uh, unfinished. The story's not complete. There's blank pages in it. Yeah. And then as the movie goes, the pages get filled in. She doesn't know how it's happening. Um, so that's where we're at right now. Is she, gonna... she just pulled out oh, a vibrator, boy. and she's going to have vibrator sex it looks like a phone in the bed well maybe she's got a huge vagina i don't know <laughs> huge vagina uh who the hell knows that is a hell of a vibrator, vibrator buzzing uh or maybe she's just got a truly like a, a great a- elasticity to her vagina sure where she can take in something that looks like uh, uh an ivory tusk <laughs> her vagina is like the blob just kind of you know things kind of ooze into it and by that we mean it eats men alive oh i've never seen the remake of the blob i own, I it. own it i love it i own it i haven't seen it and i will watch it maybe it's we'll do it sometime soon truly a, a great remake written by darabont correct i believe so yeah. and your boy kevin dillon is the star kevin dillon is mm-hmm. is not my boy but yes you were big he was your favorite entourage member right I was a turtle oh, man shit. myself. I mean, honestly, like it's hard to pick. There's no one has less charisma than E. Right. No one is less like engaging than E, except perhaps for Adrian Grenier. Right. Uh, at least Dylan brought something, which was the Joey from Friends ripoff dumbness. Right. He had at least had a character. Turtle's character was like he was slightly overweight, and they all called him fat. Then he got skinny, and then lost even that <laughs> tiny thing that set him apart. <laughs> I'll tell you, man, and this is a hard shot across the bow at, at Grenier, whoever the hell you say is <laughs> Grenier. I got nothing against the guy, but when you're that good looking yeah. and you're on a show that was that popular and you're not working, for as far as I can tell, that's right. you must really not be that great at that's acting. Right. I mean, that guy, that guy should have been a fucking movie star. Right. Look like goddamn Marlon Brando. I had uh, a uh, girl I dated for a bit years ago was a stand-in on Entourage, and, and all the guys on Entourage were so short that they had stand-ins that were female. Um, so they were all just, like, super short. Right. Uh, except for Dylan. So And P- Piven as well, super short. So here are the stories I heard. I met Piven once. Yeah. Yeah, smoking a I'm, big cigar and drinking brandy. I met him once. That's that. Yeah, that's him to a T. Yeah. Uh, I watched Gross Point Blank this weekend, which I'll, I'll get to. And he's so great in that. I used to love him as a character actor, and then it just kind of went nuts. It's too much when he's the main thing. Yeah. I want him as the pharmacist in yeah. singles. That's exactly right. He's great in that. Yeah. You know, I and want I, him as the fast have, talker in Judgment Night. Yes. And I like him balding because once he got those plugs, things started getting weird. But apparently Piven would come out of it like every scene, the stand-ins like would have to kind of act it out like over and over because Piven 
um, would walk out, point at extras, and say, like, you, like he was in Motley Crue, and they would go in and blow him. Oh. They had all these hot female extras. And then Grenier, this is allegedly, folks, but, you know. Yeah. Now, you said to me, tread lightly earlier. (laughs) Tread tread lightly here. You're, you're, you're potentially uh allegedly all right grenier uh they were warned grenier is going to try to hook up with you but beware he only does it in the butt (laughs) and he stinks and he like smells He, he has bo i've heard this about robert pattinson as well these are all hollywood alleged rumors folks but oh, come my on. God. I didn't know I was doing a, ca- a, a podcast with Kathy Griffin over here. <laughs> Harvey Levin's in, in the couch this week. <laughs> uh, no, I generally don't do that. But Entourage, I think, uh, did as much bad for our country as the alt-right is doing now, <laughs> frankly. Um, it's, it's Look, look, and, and that's the sad thing about right now. Everybody's scratching their head going, how could this happen? How could this happen? I was talking to my friend Keith about it today. You you, you 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 fucking watched Jerry Springer. Yeah. You watched reality TV. You watched Flavor of Love. Yeah. You celebrated a culture that praised the the almighty dollar. Yeah. Uh, and that left no decency or humanity or or, or dignity to anybody uh, in print or in on television or whatever. Th- th- this is this is what it led to. It led to this. Here yeah. we are. Here we are. It's a fucking sad <laughs> truth, but here we are. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's, it's, you know, as much as it sucks, I'm like, yeah, you know, the country kind of fucking brought it on themselves, man. Sure. So, anyway. What I've enjoyed about this time the most is just kind of an embrace of death. And and if it comes, (laughs) it comes. I've always been a fan of the apocalypse. I've always, (laughs) I have. I always think, I always thought hitting the reset button would be nice. I would like to wake up every day and my only concern be... I got to go scavenge. Sure. I got to find dinner. Sure. I, I, I wouldn't mind if that was my only thing. No. Let's it, get out of this bullshit it, it rat race. It simplifies your life immensely. If, I wouldn't mind. That's li- why I get Jeremiah Johnson. You ever see that mo- that movie? Robert Redford? No. You know, he goes out into the woods and he's like, I'm just going to live in the woods for a while. Woody Harrelson did it and he went to Hawaii and grew his own fruit. Yeah. And just was like, I'm just going to live here and grow my own food. Sounds incredible. The, uh, I mean, what is this rat race we're doing? Like, he lived like the goddamn character he played in Planet of the Apes, like, for real. Yeah. You know? So, I, 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 I don't know. I just, you know, I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind living in a culture where you could murder somebody. <laughs> I tell you, we're pretty close. <laughs> Show you're white. <laughs> you can murder whoever you want. I'm not white. You're close enough. Um, I pass, as you, they you say. You pass, which I find is I can a, a racist term. I feel like that's racist to say that. You pass. That's a racist thing well, to say. No, to not not to mean that if you're not white, you fail. I mean, you it means you no, pass. No, but as I white. mean, like I remember, remember in the '90s there were those commercials on MTV where like it'd be like a black lady who was light skinned and she'd say like. She's like, yeah, people come to me and go, well, you don't look black. Right. And she's like, what does that mean? Right. I feel like that's the same thing when somebody goes, well, you pass for white. It's like, yeah, that was considered really fucked up like 30 years ago. All right. You know, so right. I'm not saying I'm not mad at you. I'm just saying, like, All right, I'm just okay. making fun of the statement. But the uh, I wouldn't mind. I mean, what do you check on us on a census? Other. 
Other, okay. I always check other. All right. Fuck them. That's what I say. <laughs> you don't need to know. <laughs> All right. But I'd say I I wouldn't mind a world where it's there's a tribe over there. We don't like them very much. You, you, you can kill them <laughs> if you want to. Sure. What is this tribe you're speaking of? I'm just saying my tribe is my tribe, and then there's another tribe that maybe I don't like. Okay. Or a guy's a dickhead or, you know, trying to take my I think shit. the tribe is another name for the Jewish people. Is oh, why I'm asking you to, to clarify. That's not what I'm saying. I know you're not, I'm, but I'm, <laughs> I'm asking you for your benefit to clarify. I'm not. No, but I'm non-denominational tribe. I'm just saying. Yes. I'm saying in the apocalyptic world, when you break down into tribe living. Right. And you're you, saying you want to kill the members of tribe called Quest. <laughs> Who I got to see live, they were fantastic. Just a couple weeks ago. How much of the old stuff? How much of the new stuff? Give it to me, baby. Uh, you know, it was a very good mix. I, I think the new album hangs with the old. I mean, I love the new album. The so. new album is, in my opinion, the true fourth album. I felt like the yeah. Love Movement and Beats, Rhymes, and Life had their moments, but sounded I like, like Beats, Rhymes, and Life. It sounded, but it wasn't them to me. Yeah. It wasn't them. It sounded like a collection of stuff that they would have used on other albums. Sure. And the Love Movement, the same. I feel like that new album, to me, is the true fourth album. It's what should have came after Midnight Marauders. It's really fantastic. I mean, like, it's so rare in this day and age now to get, like, that, oh, my God, an album is releasing. I'm going to sit and listen to it. Like, you know, I I think of, like, the one one great one I had recently was when the new Daft Punk came out and I was in Amsterdam. And I, like, got stoned and listened to it in a bathtub when it came out. I, I hate like, that album. I love it. I hate it. Loved it and still love it. But, it's not a Daft Punk album, and then I found out why. Okay, and I'll ruin the I'll ruin Daft Punk for you. Go ahead. So I found a YouTube video. Allegedly, no, this is true. Okay. This is this is absolutely true. I found a YouTube video that was like basically like here's why Daft Punk's not so great, and it would play the Daft Punk song, and then it would just play the song they sampled, and you would slowly start to realize like literally all they did was take like a good loop and just put a drum beat behind it. Okay. Then all of a sudden they come up with this new album. I like to get and I'm like, well, this doesn't sound like Daft Punk to me. Yeah. Why are they doing this? And then I find out, oh, because they hired a guy like a guitar player songwriter who's in the band. So they hired a ringer who essentially and very obviously, in my opinion, wrote the goddamn album. And then who they this? not you're talking about the guy from Chic. Well, whoever that guy was, they, they brought They had a in. bunch of guests and stuff, yeah. No, but like if you look at the like liner notes for the actual songs, yeah. not like the featuring Julian Casablanca shit. Right. The real liner notes. They brought like another dude in to the fray, and like suddenly they have this whole new sound that's based on like live music mm-hmm. versus samples. And it's like, well, why is that suddenly happening? Oh, this guy did it for you. So now you can play these things as you stand up there in your robot helmets. <laughs> Well, and, look, and it's my least favorite Daft else. Punk album, but I think as far as like pop music goes, it's great. And especially if you're stoned in a bathtub in Amsterdam. Sure. Uh, sure. I was just in Amsterdam. I know you were. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that big kind of like exciting record release thing that happens so infrequently now, and especially where it's good. And I think that's not just because good music isn't coming out, but because we're just getting older and we care about less and less. Um. But uh, what, what 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 band were we even talking about? The guys on this subject, Daft Punk. Before Daft Punk, 
Oh, Tribe Called Tribe Quest. Tribe Called Quest. That was an album where it was like the night it came out, I like cranked it and was like, this is fucking great. Yeah, it's a great album. Yeah. It's a great album. I would rank it amongst their best. I think it's actually a better than Midnight Marauders. I'd put okay. it I'd put it quality wise next to the first two. Yeah. Um and uh but I but I also think Midnight Marauders <laughs> Midnight Marauders is a great record. I also saw folks Missy Misdemeanor Elliot at FYF, which was absolutely now, fantastic. Is she still going by misdemeanor? She well, I mean, I don't think she said misdemeanor, but it's in some of the songs. But you were yelling it. You were I in the was. crowd. Misdemeanor. misdemeanor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just because somebody was robbing me at the time, and I was yelling at a policeman. <laughs> uh, but it was very awesome. good. Walsh. I was very good. <laughs> I was hoping Timbaland would come out. I was hoping Ludacris would come out. My favorite guest verse of all time is Ludacris on Gossip, folks, and not far behind is Ludacris on One Minute Man. Uh, we didn't get that, and there was a lot of periods of time where Missy would leave the stage for like five minutes. I think she has some health issues. She does? She's 46, which is very... I wasn't expecting. Is she in good shape? Because she lost all that weight. She's in great shape. She couldn't have been more delightful, more charming, more funny. But she's she, got... What are her health issues? She had issues? amazing choreography. I'm going to look it up, but she had health issues because... She would leave the stage and they'd show like clip packages of her career and stuff. And uh-huh. you'd be kind of like, this is an hour long set, Missy. Like we wanted to see you. But all in all, it was it was a great show. So you're sh- you're sick shaming her right now. I'm not sick shaming. I'm going to look up what she no. had. But this is honestly it was my, my highlight of the three day festival. This is going to be Ellen. the theme of this episode is just constantly reiterating and de- define clarifying what we're actually saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have to now. She has Graves' disease. Oh, that's no good. That sucks. Do you know what that is? No, I just know it's not good. I would hate to have my disease have the word grave in it. (laughs) Graves' disease. You've got the end is near syndrome. (laughs) Graves' disease happens. You've got a case of the headstones. (laughs) Graves' disease happens when too much thyroid hormone is produced, a condition called hyperthyroidism. The, this higher thyroxine level can greatly increase your body's metabolic rate, which may affect weight, mood, and energy. Rapid heart rate, tremors, double vision, insomnia, enlarged breasts, muscle weakness. Hey, hold on. Anxiety. Stop right there. I'll take it, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, okay, but it, you're not, you won't like die from it, right? President George H.W. Bush and First Lady Barbara Bush also suffer from Graves' disease. Maybe they got it at the same party. They all shared the same keg or something like that. But you won't. It's not like you're going to die from it. It's no, just I mean, make I, your life I just saw her perform shitty. live. She, yeah. She's fine. But I think it, it flares up at times. Mm. Sounds to me like a Lyme's or a uh, Crohn's. Crohn's. I, well, I think you can die from those, though. Crohn's, I think, is a shitting disease. And Lyme's, I think, is a tick disease. I only know about it from the lady from the real world. Uh, I only know about Crohn's disease from the lady whose lawn I used to mow who always talked to me about how she had Crohn's disease. And she was on the real world? No, two different women. Two different women. I'm going to go back quick here to the film. Yeah. Uh, I don't even remember this Barbie party. Jesus Christ. No, I remember this part. It's not a Barbie party. It's a party for like, it's a birthday party for like a little girl that the kid is kind of friends with. And this is the scene where like all the other moms who are like well put together and you know this mom is like is like run ragged like that's yeah. part of the the idea of the, of the character you know she's there all disheveled and then the, all the other moms are kind of being like 
oh, what's up with your weird kid? Like, this is like when she's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I have nobody in this world except oh, yeah, my child, yeah. and yeah, my child kind of hates me. He also does uh, walk around in part of the movie with a sequence gold cape on, which I don't quite understand why. We, and they might have explained it, and we talked right over the goddamn thing. But I mean, from my experience with kids, a lot of them just wear capes and shit sometimes. It's like they're kids. This is a gold sequence cape. Yeah, It's very like James Brown. It's a Rip, very... Rip Taylor. Yeah, it's an odd cape choice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so let me t- let me take you into Pat's movie corner. Why don't you come on inside with me? Um, yes, I saw Atomic Blonde. How was it? With Charlize Theron. Well, it's essentially twelve music videos end to end. It's uh, it has an incredible soundtrack featuring some of my favorite music: New Order, Depeche Mode, Bowie queen etc okay it's uh the soundtrack is impeccable okay. the action is fun it's very john wickish but with a lady okay and i love john wick all right that sounds but, good and, and i was entertained throughout i and still i have to give you a but folks it's not good well neither is john wick that's what i said neither is john, john wick not a good movie but john it's just fun to watch john wick's kind of like a trash classic Atomic Blonde was along the lines of a John Wick 2. It was very entertaining, and it was basically just Charlize Theron beating the shit out of people with an amazing soundtrack, which is enough for me these days. And there was an amazing lesbian sex scene between Charlize and some other woman. Really? That I just absolutely loved. And that's why you, uh, Pat was arrested for... <laughs> <clears throat> jagging off in the uh, movie theater. I wasn't the guy who jagged off in the emoji movie, but I did in Atomic Blonde. Yeah, That's yeah. Um, what else have you seen? When I say jagged off, I mean I, I was watching an episode of the uh, David James Elliott maritime drama Jag on my phone. Right, right. While I watched. You remember Jag? Yes. Yeah. I do. I never watched it. Terrible show. I have a... I have. When it's when you're done, I have a. How about that David James Elliott pull? The, if ever there was an argument against the effects of weeds that I just pulled, that David James Elliott played Jag. I have. Uh, when you're done, I'm going to read this list because I want to. When I'm done. When you're done talking about your movies that you've seen. Oh, what is your list? I'll tell you when you're done. Do you, right. do your thing first. Uh, Atomic Bomb was fun. Uh, this this Babadook kid really screaming, and his mom is as the kid is screaming. The mom is screaming. Just be normal. At yeah. Him. Uh, the Onion AV Club, which is a, a site I I always enjoy. Uh, sometimes their TV reviews drive me insane because they say like they'll say like a middling episode of such and such or a substandard episode of such and such, and they give it an A minus. Right. And it shouldn't upset me, but it does. They have like blinders on for certain shows. Sometimes these are bad shows, and they won't back off. The AV Club is all that's kept me in Twin Peaks at this point. Okay. Because they keep giving good reviews to the episodes. Yeah, they're really great at that recap shit, but sometimes, man, like what they decide to give everything an A2 drives me insane. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, They just released, because it's the 20th anniversary, uh, and lists always do huge on these sites, the 20th anniversary of 1997, uh, they did their top 20 movies of 97 mm-hmm. on this list, much to my shock, frankly, and much to the commenters shock. 
right. was number one, Jackie Brown. Oh, that's great. And it honestly made me a little mad because I think of that as kind of my own personal movie. We've talked about it on the show many times. Uh, that and like a, like an About Schmidt are ones that I hold very dear. A Simple Plan uh, as like the world hasn't caught on. So to right. give it a number one, I appreciated it. But um, they also had on the list as number two, Face Off. Oh, for Christ's sakes. So I've always loved Face Off, but I hadn't seen it in 10 years. And last night I was like, they're going to call this number two. Like, let me watch this thing. That's a, that is a, a, a fucking insult to Jackie Brown. I, I'm halfway through Face Off. And of course, I'm loving it because it's undeniably entertaining. But it's real stupid. Yeah. Take real his stupid. face yeah. off. I, I will say uh, Travolta is awesome in it. Yeah. And Cage is unhinged in it. Great. But Travolta does a perfect Cage, and Cage does Travolta just as insane as he's been doing Cage. He does everything insane in the movie. Right. Uh, And that's not right, Nick. It's not right. You can't always be insane, (laughs) even though I love you. But uh, I'm halfway through it and loving it, but number two seems excessive. They put also Boogie, Boogie Nights at number four. I mean, what, what are we doing here? You know, Boogie you're Nights making me mad. Be higher. You're making me mad now. No, Boogie Nights should be two. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, I saw. Oh, also on this list at like number eighteen was Gross Point Blank, another like big favorite of mine through the years. Mm-hmm. Watch that again; it it holds up incredibly well. You talk about an amazing soundtrack as well. My dream project is to remake that film with Joan Cusack. <laughs> She's in it. She's great in it. I, but I want to make her the lead. I would watch that. Yeah, yeah. I want to remake every John Cusack movie with Joan <laughs> Cusack as okay. the lead. Okay, all right. I want to see her holding that boombox up on the lawn. Do it up. Gross Point Blank, you've seen it, I assume. No. Seriously. I've never, I never saw it. You would love it. Why? Because <laughs> it's good. I, I, we're gonna do a simple plan gross point blank double feature at my house all right you'll be pacing by the end of it i want to see <laughs> i do want to see a simple plan gross point blank, i don't not want to see it i just kind of don't care that it's so great and what i what this viewing showed me that i had not really noticed before was how amazing dan Aykroyd is in gross point blank uh you're listen you're not reeling me in any closer <laughs> with the he plays like, like his his nemesis in the hitman world and he's fucking great in the movie. All right. Okay. All there's right. no way you don't like Gross Point Blank, and there's certainly no way you don't like Civil Plan. That's a guarantee. All right. I believe you. It's it's. Uh, I'm just saying a big, a great sales line isn't. You got to see Dan Aykroyd in this movie. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm saying. Well, I love Dan Aykroyd, but uh, I used to. It's his best performance, other than maybe like a Blues Brothers that I've ever seen. Ghostbusters is his best. Sure. All right. The original. Yeah. How hard is it to get blown by a ghost? No, but he's he's. I really believe when I watched the no, he's first Ghostbusters, ghost. I really believe he is that guy. Yeah. Like I'm like I agree. This is a smart nerd that's excited about ghosts. He's great. Yeah, Only yeah. nominated once for Driving Miss Daisy, where he was not great. He's in Driving Miss Daisy. He plays her son. Nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. He had like a giant ass at the time. Like he was like super heavy, but it all went to his ass. Yeah. And he's in like uh, pleated khakis with suspenders. Yeah, so he, he looks that, like a, a house. He looks like Humpty Dumpty. Yeah, exactly. 
Did, what did he? And what, then he's kind of like thinner by gross point blank. What is the thing in that? Is he's like a, the racist son that doesn't approve of Morgan Freeman or something like that? He's he's a little more understanding than most, but I gotta tell you, I watched Drive Miss Daisy when I was when I was nine or something, and of course I liked it. Um, but it always got kind of a bad rap because it beat like Do the Right Thing and significantly better films. Right. Uh, about racism, like Do the Right Thing is for me like a top five of all time. But I watched Drive Miss Daisy on a plane. Um, it's good. I'm sure it's good. I've I really enjoyed it. it. It was a really sweet movie. Like there's just something I, I liked about it. Sure. And folks, uh, another hilarious podcast called Hollywood Handbook. I've been on it twice, but if you look up my first appearance, I discuss in depth, and it's made up, of course, how when I was nine years old, I directed a remake of Driving Miss Daisy for the Hallmark Hall of Fame production company on CBS, and it starred uh, Candy Bergen and Ken Griffey Jr., (laughs) and I described the plot at length. And uh, that show forces you in, like, immediately out of your comfort zone into, like, heavy improv. Right. And uh, I was really happy with it at the end. I just kind of started pitching this movie, and... uh, I, I was happy with it. Sometimes improv goes to a place where you hope no one ever hears it. That's one instance I hope you hear it. When I did and it's a, a funny podcast. My buddy Sean Clements and Hayes Davenport, who are two of the funniest guys in the world. When I did Doug Benson's pitch off show. Yeah. Which is a show where you have to go in and pitch. He pretends to be a movie exec and you have to pitch him movies. Yes. Uh, he The final pitch is he gives you like. He's like, we just got a call. Here's here's what you got. You got a motorcycle. You got Sam Elliott. You got Chris uh, or um, uh, uh, God damn it, my brain anymore. Jesus Christ, the guy from Rush Hour, Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker. And uh, so go. You got five minutes. Come up with a pitch. So I pitched that they remake Mask. Oh, yeah, I think you've told me about that. Chris Tucker as the kid. Right. I'd watch that. Yeah. And he just keeps yelling uh, at Sam Elliott. Um, I would. Man, look at my big ass head. What's wrong with you? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my big ass head? <laughs> uh, they're so doing. It's a good idea. I saw a trailer not long ago. They're doing a movie that's basically Mask with the kid from Room. Yeah, with the the kid and Julia that, Roberts. Yeah, it looks. Terrible. I don't know what disease he has, but I I saw the trailer in the theater before. Dig this, Pirates of the Caribbean six sure. or whatever pirate, sure. whatever what we were up to. Uh, it didn't really match. Yeah, but yeah, the Owen Owen Wilson is the dad. I just want to see the face of my son. Yeah, you know. Uh, well, is that a crime? Um, uh, which I. The movie looks terrible. It looks like the sappiest fucking thing of it all time. It looks a little rough, yeah. And then there's the line where the kid goes, the kid goes, it takes a lot of work to look this good and like runs his hand through his hair. It's, I mean, it looks terrible. <laughs> I feel bad for the, well, I don't feel yeah. bad for the kid because it's not a real kid. He doesn't really have that thing. Yeah. You know, but I feel bad for a kid that does have that condition, but the, the movie looks like dog shit. I hear you. Yeah, it looks bad. Um. Other than that, I've watched most of this new season of the Netflix drama Ozark. I'm really enjoying it. Um, I used to spend every summer at the Lake of the Ozarks when my dad would lose his job 
right before we all were supposed to go to Disney World, then we would cancel the vacation and go to the Lake of the Ozarks. This happened like three different times. Very sad. Um, but I was like, this doesn't look like the Ozarks I remember. Like the and the people playing the hillbillies in it are the weakest link because they're clearly L.A. douchebags playing hillbillies. Right. It's not like that true scary hillbilly vibe. That's my only grievance about the show. I think Bateman is awesome in it. Uh, and I think it's well written, but I kept thinking like, well, this doesn't really capture the Ozarks. And I look it up. They filmed almost none of it at the Lake of the Ozarks. Well, of course they didn't. The show's we- called Ozark, but it just drives me nuts. Well, they, but it's never that they film New York. Toronto is New York all the time. Yeah. They always go. Everything's in Toronto now. Uh, I was on a plane. What did I see? I, well, first of all, I watched some, uh, WC Fields films. Sure. You got a, a favorite we don't know about? Uh, I really enjoyed most of what I've watched on this W.C. Fields comedy favorites collection that I bought, but I really enjoyed the bank dick most because that dick is incredible. That's the classic. Yeah, that's toward the end of his life. That was my dad's he's favorite. Really overweight. Yeah, he's just a goddamn drunk through yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, I don't have a doubt in my mind that he's actually drinking oh, through absolutely. the entire production. <laughs> they surround uh, him with annoying kids, annoying dogs. Yeah, annoying, yeah. There's a there's a magnificent scene at the top of the bank dick where he comes down from uh, his bedroom. He's up there like smoking and drinking or whatever, and his six year old daughter stomps on his foot. Yeah, and he turns and punches her in the skull (laughs) and then she throws she throws like a vase at him and it hits him like in the nape of the neck and he goes outside and picks up a potted plant like it's literally so big it would it would murder the child yeah and he's gonna throw it on her head I remember, the I remember goes, the whole thing. Yeah. Yes. Don't you dare strike that child. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really funny. You couldn't do it now. You couldn't. No. Do it. So I, I, I saw that. I, I loved it. I, I, I You know, I've, I've watched a few of these W.C. Fields films over the last whatever, and I've enjoyed them. I watched. You know, like Easy Money is a very uh, W.C. Fields type. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Easy Money is my favorite With, uh, Dangerfield Danger movie. Really? Hands down. Now, what would you I, put above it? I do like Easy Money. Don't get me wrong. Caddyshack is, is the best use of that, Dangerfield. But that's not a Dangerfield movie. He's in it. That's not his movie, though. To me, it's his movie. I love everybody in that movie. Well, yeah, that movie's awesome. I mean, the, the dude, for Ted Knight, for Christ's sake, and Caddyshack Ted Knight is, is unbelievable. Is magnificent. Unbelievable. Yeah. I don't even know if he ever did another movie. It's uh, he's, well. But, apparently, he hated Dangerfield in real life, yeah. and like Dangerfield, like put him in headlocks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I would, I would take back to school over Easy Money, very slightly. I would accept the argument, very slightly. I yes. like Easy Money better. Yeah. Um, but I was when I was watching the Bank Dick, I was like, my God, like this is the Dangerfield movie. Right. The mother-in-law hates him. Yeah. Yeah. She thinks he's reformed at the end, but he's not. He's right. still a, a scumbag. Um, I watched The Disappointments Room. Now, what's that? I've heard uh, the A horror movie with Kate Beckinsale. Oh, yeah. How was that? Well, Pat, let me tell you, I felt like the disappointments room was my living room. <laughs> <laughs> I did not like it. It was boring. I, I didn't like it. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yep. I didn't care for it. Uh, I, right. I watched... I started watching The Boy. Uh, it started really. What is it about? 
Tell me anything about the disappointments room. Oh, oh. Why it's did you, about, uh, why you watch Here's it? what it is. It's about a it's a horror movie. It's about Kate Beckinsale and her husband and kid. They move into this house. Okay. Like this old Victorian house, as always. Uh-huh. Yep. There's a room she can't find the key for. It's locked. It's up in the attic, whatever. She finally gets it so gets it open. She starts seeing like these sort of like ghostly visions of like these 18th century people in there. Okay. She doesn't know what's going on. Luckily, there's a town historian that can explain everything to her. <laughs> Who portrayed the town historian? Some old CCH Pounder? No, no. Some old yeah, For once it was not a they didn't it wasn't a black lady for <laughs> yeah. once. Uh so it was um it was uh some old lady and then she's like you have a disappointments room and Kate Beckinsale's like, what is that? She's like, you know, in the 1890s or whatever the fuck it is, they would send, uh, if they had a kid that they were embarrassed by because it was deformed or something, they put it in the disappointments room. They'd lock it away in there. Okay. So basically any kid that had any abnormality, they put it in there. But here's the thing. Because the movie is so scared to actually depict what, kids they really would have put into this room right which unfortunately would be like kids with like mental yeah. retardation and stuff like that every kid in the history book that she reads has a giant growth on his face <laughs> that's every kid <laughs> so apparently there's yeah, this, yeah, this i mean that is disappointing there's this huge just 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 rush of kids with giant tumor <laughs> faces being born they're all putting them into yeah. this room goiters yeah and, and so um so so Boy, so it sounds great. So a disap- a kid was in the disappointments room. And he died, and by the hands of the evil father, dig this. All right, guess Let who plays the shovel. evil father? Yes, Major Dad. I- I'm not going to be scared. Gerald of Major- McRaney. Yeah, I'm not scared no. of Major Dad. No, it's Major Dad. Yeah. So, which, by the way, where the hell did they can find I, him? Can I tell you something? What. There's always these weird connections in the show, but in that lengthy improv I did about this Drive Miss Daisy project, it involves major arguments because I, at the time I, I allude to a romantic entanglement with Delta Burke, <laughs> and then it led to a lot of fighting with her husband, Gerald McRaney, right. on the set. Okay. Crazy. Who, who has the romantic entanglement with her? Me. I was age nine. Oh, at age nine. And okay. Delta Burke. And then Gerald McRaney wants to shut it down because he loves her. It's his wife, obviously. I see. All right. I got it. Crazy. He was also great on Deadwood McRaney. Oh, so he was on that. All right. Uh, I hadn't seen him since Major Dad. I didn't know what the hell he's been doing. He's really good on Deadwood. All right. And he's in Game of, uh, not Game of Thrones, House of Cards. Oh, okay. All right. Good. He's working. Maybe. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, I also started to watch The Boy. Again, the same goddamn fucking plot. It's like a lady goes to a Victorian house to be a babysitter. Yes. The boy is a doll, but he's not real. But then he is real. I, I just got bored. I shut it off. I got to be honest. I, okay. I just didn't care enough to finish it. Um, but here's what I really wanted to talk about during Pat's movie corner. It was an airplane to uh, Amsterdam, 10 and a half hour flight. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Free entertainment, as you know. You get a little video monitor. You get all the movies you can watch. Sure. I was so excited. So I'm going to sit here. I'm going to watch some movies. Beautiful. It's you, a late afternoon. You drinking? Flight. Yeah, I'm going to have a few double scotches. Okay. All right. Drinks were free. Uh, I'm, and I'm going to watch some flicks. I can't wait. Yeah. Now, of course, there were a few good movies on there. 
that I had already seen because they were nominated for Oscars and I got screeners or whatever. Okay. Aside from the obvious hits. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me, I couldn't wait to read you this selection. This shit show they provided on this fucking flight. All right. Latest and recent. These are the movies in latest and recent. Go on. Chips. I would watch Chips on a plane. Absolutely. I would. I'll watch anything on a plane. Chips. Boss Baby. Would not have watched Boss Baby on a plane. The Space Between Us. With, uh, what's that? No idea. Space A lot of these, I don't know what they are. The Space Between. Like that Dave Matthews song? No idea. The Zookeeper's Wife. What's that? No idea. Is that a a sequel to the Kevin James Zookeeper? Uh, nope. Okay. A Dog's Purpose. Oh, that's that trailer looks hilarious. That's like about a dog who saves soldiers in Iraq. No, no. Dog's Purpose is the one where the dog keeps dying and coming back. Oh, okay. You're right. You're right. Allied, which is the only Robert Zemeckis movie I've never heard of. Allied's pretty good. All right. I liked it a lot, actually. Dancer, which was a documentary about, quote, the bad boy of ballet, end quote. <laughs> well, let me stop you right there because I'm the bad boy of ballet <laughs> and nobody contacted me. Fantastic beasts and where to find them. Where to fuck them, yeah. Uh, didn't like it. No, it was terrible. Yeah. I watched it. Didn't like it. Fist fight. We talked about it on here. I would have watched Fist fight on a plane. Oh, oh I tried Day, to watch Cube. it. No good. It is terrible. Okay. All right. Inferno. Tried to watch that. Oh, I never would have watched Inferno. Tried to watch it. Not Terrible. even on a plane, no. That's the that's the Da Vinci Code yeah, 3? Yeah, I watched one and two. Those movies are fucking dog shit, and they're two and a half hours each. Jack Reacher never looked back. I love the original Jack Reacher. I would have watched that on a the plane. The sequel is uh, terrible. Jack sequel. Passengers. Passengers I couldn't finish. Silence. Silence. I saw it in a theater, or I would have left. I would have. I would not finish it at home. Why him? Silence is is maybe Scorsese's worst. It's terrible. Why him? Why him? I did watch on a plane. I started it. I couldn't finish it. It has moments that are funny, but you don't care. It's it simmers at like a C. It's like right at a C the whole time and doesn't really get much better. But it did pass the time on a plane. Why him is Cranston. Last but not least, Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage. Never even saw the original Triple X. Me neither. Or the sequel. No. Now. Here's here's my is it favorite. Diesel or Cube? The third one is Diesel because that's why it's called the Return of Xander. Oh, okay. okay, here's my favorite. This they, these films were referred to as the collection, and then when you looked at what the description of the collection was, golden oldies and modern masterpieces. So I think all right, here we go. Yeah, Avatar. Go fuck Ooh, yourself. Come on, I hate Avatar. Body of Lies. By the way, they just announced. For the next four avatars, yeah, going to have the same villain who's yeah. that guy with the white hair. Yeah, it's dog shit. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to see the other avatars. I, I'm I'm definitely not. But I am excited. Cameron going back to the Terminator franchise. Schwarzenegger coming back, playing, doing the story where he is the guy, the actual human that they use to make the Terminators. I'm excited about that. All right. Body of Lies, the only DiCaprio movie besides The Beach that I don't give a shit. Oh, about. with Russell Crowe. I think so. That movie sucks. Joy. Joy, the story about the woman who invented the mop. Yes. Which killed my project about a woman who was inventing the mop that I had been working on for years. <laughs> and I was livid. Ready for this? Yes. The Chance. I know you've never heard Zach of it. Zach Efron? Nope. 
That's a movie starring James Corden as a Britain's Got Talent contestant. Oh, no. This is a modern masterpiece it was referred to. Wow. I, I don't I don't like James Corden. I, I once wrote a bunch of jokes for James Corden because I, I wrote for something called the Airbnb Awards. Oh, my God. Uh, and it was presented to me. Uh, hey, we're in a bind. We need funny jokes. I was like, no. What if we told you you can ask for any amount of money you want? I was like, okay, I'll do it. All right. Uh, but I, I I was writing jokes about Airbnb. Oh, my God. For James Corden. Ugh. That's, uh. Side effects. Uh, the Soderbergh movie. Yeah. Side effects is all right. Modern masterpiece? No, not at all. Contagion is a modern masterpiece. Source code. That's Gyllenhaal. Can't even remember. Terrible movie. It's immediately forgettable. The best of me. Never heard of it. Me neither. What is the best of me? Well, this next one's a doozy. Go I don't on. know. I don't remember what it was. Right. The internship. <laughs> is that? Oh, that's that's not De Niro. And I like the De Niro no. intern. This is with this is Vince Vaughn and Vince Vaughn Owen and Wilson. That movie's terrible. Yeah, the movie's terrible. Tried watching it. I was like, all right. The intern it. with De Niro, by the way, perfect playing movie. Very entertaining. Kind of sweet. Uh, the judge, Bob Duval, Robert the judge Jr. is. On the lower level of acceptable airplane yes. fare, but I would watch it on an airplane. I turned it, was it a on. Bad movie. I turned it on because our boy Crumholtz, the next, the lady next to me was watching it. I saw the Crumholtz was yeah. in it. I yeah. was like, let me turn it on for Crumholtz. I was enjoying it, <laughs> right. but in the sappiest. It's not a good movie. No, it's it's very. It's the kind of thing that passes like if you see it with your dad when you're twelve or something. Yeah, but and it's Robert not very good. Downey Jr. It's essentially he's Iron Man except as a lawyer. Yeah. Uh. There's a scene. There's actually a scene. He makes out with a 22-year-old bartender. Yeah. And his brothers are like, this idiot. What's he doing? Then later, he finds out the bartender is the daughter of the girl that he's in love with in the town that he went to high school with. Right. Then it cuts to him hooking up with the mom. And he's acting like kind of weird. She's like, what? And he's like, I just want you to know, like, I don't want a commitment. I'm leaving after this. She's like, when you're ready, whatever, you, you call me. And she walks out. And then he goes to himself. Plus, I hooked up with your daughter and you're not supposed to at all think like, well, that's kind of gross, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know you didn't know. I got the judge as an Academy Award screener. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, By the way, folks, if I can do a quick pause. Speaking of Bobby Duvall, I rewatched. He, he won Best Actor for it. But you want to talk about a great fucking performance in a great fucking movie. Tender Mercies. You ever see that movie? No. God, it's great. He played it's. It's like Crazy Heart was ripping off Tender Mercies. He plays a recovering alcoholic country singer who's just like trying to get his shit in order but okay. can't. It's so fucking good. I watched it recently. Also, Duvall's probably 55 in it. At some point, Ellen Barkin comes in and she's 18. Mm -hmm. Ellen Barkin at 18. And like I gasped. <sighs> I could not believe how hot she was. Daddy. She's hot at 65. Yeah. You know? Uh, I, I, I audibly gasped when I was watching it and I Wikipedia tender mercies because I loved it so much and I learned that on the set Duvall and Barkin dated <laughs> and I was like I'm just going to pretend I didn't see that oh my god I'm going to pretend that I didn't see uh, another fantastic uh, Duvall movie that was mentioned on this best of 97 list saw it in theaters at the time The Apostle Great fucking yeah, yeah. movie. Great fucking movie. Now, here's my other question about the judge. Vince D'Onofrio's in it. 
Yes. Why has he been reduced to now only playing the angry older brother and everything? He also plays insane people. Like he was in Magnificent Seven as like the crazy guy, which he does a lot too. Uh, last two flicks: The King's Speech, good movie, but who gives a shit? I, I, I just don't care. Very average movie. And One finally, best picture. Finally, in their modern masterpieces and golden oldies collection, okay. the other woman. <laughs> the other woman. Which is it? A modern masterpiece or a golden oldie? It's absurd. That's it's the, the one with Leslie like, Mann, like, right? And like Ava, uh, Long, not Ava Longoria. Um, what's her name? That goes big jugs. Uh, Kate Upton, Cami Diaz, and Kate Upton. No, no. What's her place? Face plays the the mistress though the the girl that plays Will Ferrell's wife in um the other guys the like ridiculously hot lady Eva Mendes Eva Mendes yeah I almost said Eva Longoria what's the other woman what am it's I it's like the of? thing where like it's like fucking uh what's her face from uh Sleepless in Seattle um Meg Ryan Meg Ryan's like husband or something it's like is doing a podcast with my dad is cheating with Ava Longoria or something now the other woman is Cami Diaz I, I was right right Leslie Mann and Kate Upton and then who's the other woman that's the three of them Joe like I was right on all counts what are you talking about what's the one with Eva Meg, Mendez with Meg it? Ryan and Ava Mendez where like the husband's <laughs> fucking Ava Mendez and they're like we're gonna get revenge well, the plot you're describing is the other woman, but the actresses are not. Hold on. I'll look it up. The, you're talking about the women. Y no. The women has Eva Mendez and Meg Ryan. Yes. And the husband's fucking Eva Mendez in it. Well, that's the women. Okay. That's what I thought it was. I haven't seen the women. And, and it wasn't even as good as the women because it was just right. a lesser cast. Okay. And a derivative plot as far as I can tell. Okay. So there you go. These were the flicks I was stuck with, and uh, I chose to drink and sleep. <laughs> Sometimes you have to. You know? Now Joe, we're... could you, um, because I don't know where we are time-wise, why don't you take us into Joe's Scary Stuff? Do you have something? Uh, I do. It's just sort of an update on something I was talking about last week or last episode, but um, the uh, Namco uh, Classics finally came out for the Nintendo Switch. Okay. Uh, and it does include, finally, for the first time ever, a, a true arcade port of the Slaughterhouse, which, in my opinion, is really the horror game that started it all. So that is very, very, very much worth checking out. You should, uh, you should get your hands on that if you're a horror fan. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a pretty wild game. It's a pretty dark game. Uh, and I, I like it. It's just it's just really good stuff. Are you killing people or zombies? No, you're a regular guy whose girlfriend gets kidnapped in, in this like into this haunted house. Okay. And then you uh you put on this like haunted mask that turns you into like basically Jason Voorhees, and then you go through the haunted house and kill like these demons. Okay. But there's all kinds of weapons you pick up, like a two by four and stuff. And whenever you hit one of these things, they splatter okay. against the wall, basically. So it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Go check that out. I'm trying to think if I have anything else for uh, scary stuff. Um, I have one. And as usual, I don't know if it fits the topic oh, or not. Oh, wait. I do have a, a new one, though. Okay. Sorry. All right. Uh, I'll just go fuck myself. No, then. no, you do yours. Waxwork, to, uh, Waxwork Records just put out the Creepshow 2 soundtrack mm -hmm. on vinyl. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. 
Uh, it's really just an amazing, amazing production of this thing. Is uh, it songs or score? It's the score. By uh, whom? I don't know who did the score. But, Is it uh, good? Uh, it's got its moments, but I would say as a horror fan or as a fan of Creepshow 2, it's something every fan should own. Um, you just said, like, the cover's so nice is what you're talking it's, about. It's, a, it's an impeccably done... Can I see it? Cardboard fold. I don't have it yet. Oh. I just have looked at pictures of it. Um, but it's gorgeous. Uh, yeah. It's got an insert in between because it's double vinyl. So it's got an insert on the inside, like of a comic booky sort of depiction of some of the creep show events. Um, and then the, the vinyl is themed. So there's an old Chief Woodenhead vinyl that is blue and brown to match Chief Woodenhead's colors. And I chose the raft theme, which is based on the raft story, which is a clear vinyl with a big black blob on it. Right. Very, very cool shit, man. Very, very cool shit. They did a really nice job. Okay. So there you go. There's a scary stuff for you. Okay. Um, and you can tell me after if this counts for scary stuff. Um, I love the new Queens of the Stone Age song, which is called The Evil Has Landed. Okay. And it's about six and a half minutes. And it starts out kind of like psychedelic, crazy. Then by the end, it's like, Almost like punk, like their old shit, super fast, like a rated R type cut. Okay. For Queens of Stone Age. It's like three songs in one. It's incredible. The evil has landed. All right. And then to make it even more like scary stuff, I'm going to recommend Monster and Your Parasol by Queens of the Stone Age. Okay. And Burn the Witch by Queens of the Stone Age. You got evil, a monster, and a witch. Does this count for Joe's scary stuff? Well, yeah, it's horror-themed stuff that isn't a review of a movie. Folks, I finally did it. You finally did it. Uh, but it's a great single. I'm I'm very excited to see them here in, at Cal Jam in October. Uh, I like the first single off the new record. I thought it was good, but not great. When's the record come out? Uh, it comes out in about two weeks. Okay. But to me, they can do no wrong. I'm excited I'm very excited for to it. hear it. I I'm excited them. for it. Now, Pat, if I can suggest, why don't you take the helm and... Give the people a blow-by-blow blow where we're at in the film while I freshen up our beverages. Oh, thank you. Uh, can you t tell me time-wise where we're at in the film? Uh, God only knows. These goddamn movie ones are just marathons. She's preparing him a delicious dessert, it looks like. Yeah, the kid has now <laughs> sunk into some sort of... He looks insane at this point. Yeah. Uh, I can't pull the time up for some reason. That's fine. But we're about an hour seven into the recording, so... I think there's only about 20 minutes left. Okay. Uh, yeah, folks, Joe uh, it has to go into a period of not drinking for a full month uh, very shortly, like starting Tuesday. And uh, I haven't told Joe this. I'm going to tell him now live on the air. I'm going to do it myself. Oh, good. Um, I'm under a period of extreme stress, and I find myself turning to... Um, you know, alcohol, um, not excessively by any means, but just as a way to unwind. And I'd like to kind of find another means uh, at the end of each day. Not each day, but, you know, it gets it gets very stressful and it's it's a good way to kind of like, OK, now I'll relax. But I want to try to find another means. So I think we're both going to take a week off of drinking. The podcast might get very uh, boring and intellectual. Um, that's fine. Um going on in the babadook now i mean the kid is gone i remember finding this movie very 
spooky. It's got kind of some good jump scares and interesting, but I'd still keep it at about a B level. I mean, I don't understand the people that found it to be one of the best horror movies ever. I see it on a lot of those lists um, and disagree. I want to tell you, looking down the line, folks, uh, I work at Warner Brothers and I'm doing my damnedest to get me and Joe into a screening of it. And I think I'll be able to do it. But one thing I can guarantee is that we will be doing an it episode on this show because I think we're going to see it together. So be sure you see that. Uh, I've been almost caught up on the audio book, which is endless. I'm like It's like 48 hours long. But I wanted to listen to it again before I saw the new movie. And if I did all this work and the movie is equal to like what that Poltergeist remake was, I'm going to be very upset. I hope it's good. That's all I can say. Um, what else is going on? You know? What's happening in the film right now? In the film, she's hugging some man. She's breathing heavily, as the subtitles tell me. Um, I will say I've never been a Game of Thrones guy. That's a fantasy show that fits into this podcast. And... What finally helped me was was the subtitles. This year I turned them on. I don't know if it's a significantly better season, although it certainly seems that way because it's about to end. The episodes have been super action-packed, particularly the last couple. But watching it with subtitles has helped me so much because I've learned I just don't have a brain for that fantasy stuff. I can't go with it. I don't understand it. I don't know what anybody's saying. I don't know who anybody is. Um, but this has been a good season of Game of Thrones. I've never watched the show. I th- I mean, do you, are you a big Lord of Rings guy? No, you're not. You mean, no, I mean, I me like neither. them. I like them. Yeah, I, you might like I it. Think I you might them. like it. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, I they're, those, they're fine. I, yeah. you know, I just uh, I, there was. I, I always thought Game of Thrones looked cool, but I I was was like bummed that there wasn't more magic stuff in it. Okay. Like the magic stuff. There's some magic. It's it, there is some, but I want it more. I want it like crazy fantasy shit and it's not that. Sure. So, um but uh speaking of Stephen King and it um I think it was bloody disgusting said that they saw a full scene from the movie. Okay. And they said that uh the kid nails Pennywise. Okay. They said he's he's fucking on it. Like it's great. Um, I also have heard from a few people that have seen it or seen parts of it that it is very scary, that it is very psychologically scary. It is over two hours, which was something That's we great. discussed. That's great. And I, I know I spent a lot of time complaining about time. I don't mind a long movie if it deserves to be long. You can't do a thousand page book. It's like the fucking Dark Tower is 80 minutes or something. Well, the Dark Tower. I think that it. You is, should do the Dark Tower, probably. But I think the it that it is probably going to be the Wonder Woman of Stephen King movies this year. Okay. Meaning, nothing's getting good reviews. This the Mist series did not get a great review. Right. Mister Mercedes is getting trashed already. I've seen Mister Mercedes get pretty good reviews. I watched the first half of it. By the way, you want to talk about? I don't even know if they're going to keep airing this thing. Mister Mercedes. I had not read the book yet. I own it starts with a mentally disturbed man driving his car into a big crowd of people killing them. That's exactly what happened this weekend. 
and nobody Jeez. has linked them up. The first episode aired on Thursday. This incident happened on what is Saturday. What's it airing on? The, the billboards say like ATT.com presents. Randomly, like- because I do direct TV, I have it. It's the audience network, oh, which usually man. shows these pretentious black and white interviews. Right. Uh, well, so but I've the seen, pilots seem good. I like Brendan right. Gleason. Well, then it's I do, too. Then it's mixed reviews. Then it's mixed reviews because okay. I've seen some really harsh reviews. The Dark Tower got fucking trashed. Um, You know, so I, I, I think that it seems to be the one thing that they're. And then the guy just said he wants to do Pet Cemetery next. Yeah. Which I mean, oh, Pet Cemetery is due for a remake. And, uh, and honestly, so was it. Because, you know, a CBS miniseries is not going to be the proper telling of it. Well, they. I just wish it wasn't the mama guy, unless this is where he's like, "You've you've underestimated me. I'm going to show you how how I, I how think, I do it." Look, that last trailer I thought was great. Like, yeah, it was. I thought it was fucking scary. Yeah, it got me. The trailer got me a couple times. Yeah, you know, like it. And I think it's going to be way less jump scary in the actual film and way more right. atmospheric. Um, I also like, too, that they've all very adamantly been saying, like, look, this is not a remake of the miniseries. This is an adaptation of the book. Right. So um, I think it'll be good. I think it'll be good. I also like, too, they're talking about how, like, there's a lot of moments in the film where Pennywise does something weird just because it's disturbing. Mm -hmm. You know, like, he'll just do a weird thing because it's off-putting. Like, that to me is what, what just happened in the Babadook? She just... Pulled a tooth out? Pulled a tooth out, yeah. Why'd she pull her tooth out? Why the hell did she pull her tooth out? This is what happens when you don't pay attention. I don't remember. It's a big thing in horror, though. Stir of Echoes had a great tooth pull out. I just sold Stir of Echoes. I never... I love that movie. Oh, man. Should I have kept it? You hadn't seen it? No. I just didn't... I didn't think it looked good. Stir of Echoes is fucking great. I just sold it unwrapped to Amoeba. I own it. I mean, you can still watch it. It's good. I, I just thought it was going to be like mirrors with Kiefer Sutherland. When I was like, yeah, no, no, no. Fine. It came it's out passable. like the week after Sixth Sense is the only reason it got buried because it was kind of similar. But I fucking loved it in the theater. I had seen it a couple times and I watched it with Heather last Halloween. And it's one of her favorite scary movies. It's, uh, to me, it's one of mine. What's it about? It's really, really good. It, it's one of those where you don't even really want to say much about it. All right. But. They just do a real good job of giving you like really likable, good people and putting them in pretty believable, scary situations. Okay. It's based on a Richard Matheson story. He's a great oh, it is? horror writer. Yeah. I love Richard Matheson. And it's David Kep who wrote like Jurassic Park. and It is? Yeah. It's a great movie. God damn it. I haven't seen the sequels, but it's very good. Why did I get rid of that? I, I don't know, Joe. I just made an assumption. I was just like, yeah, this is going to be just like another one of these, like, I know what you did last summer kind of no, things. No, no, no. It's really good, really scary. Son of a bitch bastard. <laughs> What'd you get for it? Dollar? <laughs> About that. You can get it on Amazon probably for $2 if you want. <laughs> About that. Uh, we're at the part down in the Babadook where the mom has become fully evil. And uh, she's saying terrible things to her child, like... I wish it was you and not your father that died. You're a little baby. You're six years old. You still wet yourself. So now, right. now we're in the phase of the film where the Babadook, the mom and the Babadook are one. She also told me she wants to make his brains pop out. This woman, this woman is a great actress. She was great in this movie. Yeah, she is. 
this is this is good. No, she's good. She's yeah. very good. Yeah, this is where like the she's tr- you know you realize like oh she's crazy right and uh, she's got the kids st- you know trapped in the house and she's kid just shot her with a dart. Now, yeah, the kid's I, good in this too. The kid is good. This kid is good. This kid is good. Um, watched Hannah and her sisters. My favorite film of all time. It's fantastic. I love is it. the eight-year-old Asian girl in the film Sunyi? Probably she is. Right. I. I, I don't. That, I mean, adds, I don't. That adds a real element to it. <laughs> Because she keeps popping up in it, and you're like, "Ooh, boy, this is weird." I don't. Woody Allen looks easily 55, 60. I don't know if she. Hold on, let me see. Uh, I mean, I I'd almost guarantee it. I would think so, though. I mean, it's Mia Farrow and Woody Allen. There's like a maybe nine year old Asian girl in it. Where? where who's the eight? I don't even. And remember. also, then Woody Allen is writing at an SNL type show with Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yes. And the first sketch, they're like, you can't air this. And he's like, why not? It's about child molestation. Everyone's doing child molestation these days. <laughs> and it's like, wow, this is weird and uncomfortable. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, uh, wh- uh, this is why Mia and Sunni Prev. I don't think it's her. It almost has to, or, unless he just was doing it so close to his life. It oh yeah yeah several Farrell's children are in the film, oh, including uh, Sunyi. Oh, that's really uncomfortable. That really like brings it all home. Yeah, he's he's fifty five, sixty. She's nine. I don't think he was 60. Uh, look, it doesn't matter. And she, her sister? He could have been 20. She was nine. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, you know. Let's see how old it was. 1935. That movie came out in 85. So he was 50. Yeah, 50. Yeah. <laughs> Not great. <laughs> Not great. But there is no great age with nine is my point. That's true. There is no nine appropriate age. He's 81 now. Joe, can you tell me what Woody Allen's actual name is? I used to know this. It's like Alan Stewart Konigsberg. Yeah. The um I love that film. Uh it's got a young John Turturro in it. It's really it. great. It does have a young John Turturro and Don't a young fuck Richard with Jenkins. My script. Yeah. Uh Richard Jenkins. Uh but the great line is they said you can't name names in the child molestation sketch and he goes, "We don't name names. All we said was the pope." Right. Right. Which and in that movie predates the Catholic scandal. That's true. Which is interesting. Uh, there's some great dark jokes in that movie. It's a very good movie. It's an incredibly insightful film. I've never the reason it's my favorite movie is because I've never seen a movie that has better captured my own internal dialogue. Yes. Or monologue, excuse me. Michael Caine's great in that movie. Several of the characters say things where I go, I've said that to myself. I get it. Like yeah. when Woody Allen says you're you're not gonna die, you're surrounded by people in restaurants. Like yes. It's it's a very very. You're surrounded by people in restaurants, and it, and it's got great jokes. It's got great jokes. It does. Uh, and you prefer it to Crimes and Misdemeanors. It's my favorite film of all time. Yeah, so yeah. clearly. But you do love Crimes and Misdemeanors. I love it. It's, it's not great. in my top ten, but I love it. Loaned it to a coworker three years ago. I said I'm never getting this back. Am I? Went to get it off the shelf last night and realized I never got it back. A oh, folks. A oh, folks. You can't loan anything out anymore. Uh, folks, you're giving it away. 
The mom is now laughing in a distorted man. He's tied her up. I think we're getting to the end. The the sun in here just got so blinding, I can't even open my eyes. Oh, I think you meant the sun in the movie. No, the sun out the window. Oh, this is heartbreaking. The kid's got the mom tied up. She's saying, he's saying, I always love you. Always will. And that somehow is. We'll always love you. He's telling her. He's telling her you got to get the Babadook out. Um, and she's trying to choke him to death now. Joe, did you have imaginary friends as a child? Now the kid looks like the demon to the mom. Right. Did I have imaginary friends as a child? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, pretty simple question. I think I did at one point. Maybe one. I don't think I did. I wasn't even popular with my imaginary friends. Uh, I think I had one, maybe, but okay. I don't. I, I I certainly wasn't like hardcore into it. It was. Do you have a like, blanket? Uh, no. Like a favorite blanket? No. Yeah. I, had I had a blanket that animal. I called a rue for some reason. I was never given an explanation for that. No, because you're a disgrace. And my parents eventually, <laughs> eventually uh, pretended they accidentally threw it away because I was getting to be like eleven. Oh, come on, buddy. And they pretended they accidentally <laughs> threw it away, and I found out much later that they just threw it away. Yeah, every kid's uh, excuse was fake. Blanket has a na- a weird nickname he's given it. Like Wubby. A, my, yeah, that's from Mr. Mom. Right. My Wubby. Right. Maybe it's time we put the Wubby down. Yeah. But uh, that kid was five, and I was in my early 40s. Yeah, 11 is. Yeah. I mean, that's fingering age. <laughs> Not for me, baby. You're you're right. Unless there, we're talking it's... about old Uncle Greg. <laughs> I don't have an Uncle Greg, and he didn't finger me, folks. Sometimes we just do dark jokes Uncle... to get through the day. Uncle Greg. <laughs> that is a terrible uncle name. Yeah. Yep. Hey, Greg. Yeah. Uh, we are now at the part in the film where uh... she just puked bile and blood on herself she threw up blood all over herself she's saying you can't get rid of the babadook she just levitated the kid magically up the stairs she's now chasing after no i guess the babadook took the kid he baba took him oh jesus baba <laughs> shook <laughs> you baba shook me babadook now the bed's bouncing up and down Sounds like a Saturday night at my place. <laughs> <laughs> when's, the, when's the last time you had sex, Pat? Last time I had sex was last night. Mm. Um, That's nice. Good to see you kids still have the fire. We still do. I like to see Putting that. out fire with gasoline. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I hear you, dude. Joe, when's the last time you had sex? It's been a while. I haven't had sex in a while. Okay. Oh, definitely over a month, maybe two months. All right. It's been a little while. Okay. You know, um, it doesn't help that uh, every time I'm on a date, a first date with a girl, I say, hey, baby, my cock is hungry. <laughs> I don't think that helps me get closer to getting laid. Why don't laid. you feed it for me? <laughs> Lighting a cigarette. Or sometimes I'll go, baby, <laughs> penis is pussy hungry. Oh, no. Like that. And in, in like that baby voice, I'll do it. Like like Frank Booth in Blue Velvet. <laughs> yeah. 
baby wants to fuck. <laughs> I watched Blue Velvet the other night. It is the best. It's great. Um, and but I I was watching it, and it's one of those movies where if you live in an apartment like I do, you're constantly riding that volume button because you're like. <laughs> I, I, my neighbors yeah. must be like, what the fuck is going on in there? Fuck that shit. Paps Blue Ribbon. That's why Paps Blue Ribbon is popular to this day, is that movie. <laughs> Your boy Kyle McGlock in it. And then I watch, yeah. I tried to watch Dune again. I can't stay awake. I can't, the I can't do Dune. Can't do Dune. I can't get through I watched the a Bronx thing. Tale again the other night. Yeah. I hadn't seen it since I was, you know, 15. It's good. It's not great. It's got cheesy parts, but I like it. It's good. Yeah. It's uh it's pretty a pretty good fellow's rip off kind of thing. Yeah. It's very Scorsese, like yeah. with the way that he uses the music and everything. And um but I do I do I'm, like I've the been movie. chomping my gum so aggressively I'm worried this podcast is gonna be unlistenable. I haven't even noticed, to be okay, honest. With that's you. good. Um But uh it's uh I, I like a Bronx Tale. I particularly like the. Uh, there are just some great Chaz Palminteri parts in it, and I actually think there's some great life philosophies in the film. Right. You know when he says, when uh, Cosmo, what's the kid's name? Cosmo, I think. Right. No. Isn't it Cosmo? No. Yeah, it is. Carmine. No, no, it's like his name's like you're thinking of Kramer. His name's like Colusio and they call him like Kaz or something. I'll look it up. Anyway, when he's bitching about the kid that owes him ten dollars. Yeah. And Chaz and he's like, he keeps ducking me. He owes me money. And Chaz Palmateri goes, the guy's a bum. He's like, you paid you paid ten dollars to have him out of your life. Yeah. Forever. There's just great philosophies like that in the movie. There is. There's a lot of nice the little one liners. Yeah, the thing where it's like you open your door for the girl, you open her door for her, and if she leans over and unlocks your door for yes. you, you you know she's like something special. Like it's you just like really But cool now we all moments. have automatic locks, so it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, it is it is tough. It is tough. I didn't say that uh the film contained modern philosophies. It just yes. said it contained good philosophy. Correct. I liked it. I mean, sometimes something that really blew you away back in the day, you watch and you're like, eh. Well, when I was a kid, all I needed was an Italian actor and, yeah. a, and an old Supremes song playing in the background. <laughs> That's true. That, me too. That was, that was, that was enough for me. Uh, I, I rewatched Sleepers recently with Heather. and uh, Fantastic. She, she loved it. For me, it wasn't as great as it was in the day, but it was a really solid, really well-made movie with like a just a unbelievable cast. That's Bacon rough, is killer in that movie. That's a rough flick, dude. It is. It is. And Bacon nails the Pennsylvania accent. <laughs> Bacon is is just fucking killer. I want to recommend something else, which a is that... Uh, that memory says that with the gross Philly accent. Yeah. What do you want? A, a blow blade job. job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's rough stuff. Bacon is hilarious in the new uh, Sandberg deal, the uh, the new HBO thing. Uh, I want to see that. I haven't seen Tour it. to Pharmacy. I, I love both of those, the tennis one and the biking one, but Bacon has some really funny shit in it. Now, are you caught up on Twin Peaks? Completely. What are your thoughts? I think the, the last two have been bad. The one two weeks ago was a true low point. 
when Audrey Horn comes back and is arguing with that dwarf for uh, 45 minutes. I like that one. Oh, boy. If that episode didn't air, nothing would be different. You wouldn't have. You didn't learn anything from. I that felt show. that about the last five episodes. At least that one, yeah. I was like, at least like they're bringing an old character back. They're- I had been loving it. I had really been loving it, and then, you know, last week's the week before. I'm kind of like, I don't know, man. What what are we doing here? I can't do this fucking. I can't do this like in trance Dale Cooper thing anymore. I can't do it. Yeah, it's time to pop out. And he's not learning anything. Right. He understands what coffee is, but he still doesn't know how to open the car door. It's just like annoying. It's like this isn't fun to watch anymore. Not not hours on end. No, I do enjoy the revelation uh, that the revelations that are happening with evil Dale Cooper. Uh, I think some of those are kind of cool. Um, how Bob is like yeah. this immortal spirit or whatever. I think that's kind of neat. I do like that Audrey Horn's back in. Um, I do like, I'm not buying at all that um, uh, that Ashley Judd wants to fuck no. the 80-year-old father of, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, uh, but I like that she's in it, and I like that he's in it too. I mean, like that big discussion about like pie inventory with the wait- with the waitress there where it's like, Look, I'm looking at the demographics. You're not selling the right amount of pie for your budget. If you use fresher ingredients, I mean, this thing goes on for seven, eight minutes. Well, it's like I have limits. I love David Lynch so much, but I have limits. Well, that's what I was saying to you about the scene where the guy sweeps up for f- literally five minutes in front <laughs> of Josh. For some reason, I hung, I hung in for that. But I do love your line about nobody wanted more Jacques. Yeah, I mean, it's, but, it's, yeah. it's, 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 and that. apparently that guy wasn't playing Jacques. This is, the, and I've been saying this for the last few weeks now. It's to a point now where it's unnecessarily confusing. Yeah. It gets to a point where it's like, I, I, I get it. You're a surrealist, there's absurdity. All the, I get all that stuff. It gets to a point where it becomes unnecessarily confusing. And I'm like, I don't understand what's happening anymore because you're mentioning so many characters that I'm yeah. not seeing. You're having people play supposedly a different character than they played in the first show. Right. Yet they're doing the same job. It, I mean, especially for a guy who I like, I want to go with you on all this stuff, Mr. Lynch, but I can't, I don't remember anyone's name ever. Like, I mean, to I, I spend every week kind of being like, what? And with Twin Peaks, I just want to be lost in the moment. The best scene they've done so far, in my, for my money, was when there was that traffic accident and that woman was going insane honking. Yes. That, that, that fat woman. And then he goes over and he's like, what are you honking about? And she starts screaming and screaming. That performance was so insane. That woman was it. so insane. I was like, this is amazing. And then when that weird sloth from seven body thing next to her started puking up blood i was like this is one of the greatest scenes i think i've ever seen on television that was true twin peaks and i amazing i also really love i will say this i love that i love the turn of bobby i really like it yes i like that he's bobby looks better he looks amazing and i love that he's (laughs) like now this straight laced like he's a guy that's redeemed himself i think that's really cool yeah i think it's really cool that um 
that they have the kid that's going through troubles and like you see like the mistakes of their past and all that yeah. stuff. I think it's very cool. Um, and and in kind of a true way that you never see where like the guy who's an asshole in high school, ideally by the time he's 50 is not still an asshole. Hopefully you hope that new guy who's an asshole is terrifying, but we see so little of him. He doesn't register as a villain. Yeah. The that, guy who killed the, the big fat lady in her trailer and who I believe is Audrey. He didn't kill her because she's alive. But I believe that's Audrey Horn's son. Okay. I, I mean, that guy, you're like, whoa, what a villain. What's going on with this guy? Yeah. And then he disappears for eight weeks. Well, you know, look, uh, all I can say is this. I'm hanging in. I'm hanging in. I'm disappointed, but I'm hanging in. I really hope that I feel like there's going to be that moment where Cooper, Cooper comes back. He's in the suit. Yeah. it It's playing but the music. It should have happened by now. And you're. Yeah. It should have happened by now. Well, there's. I think there's still another twelve goddamn episodes. I know, it's too much. Lynch well, is like, I'm gonna walk. You're not doing this right. It's like, well, because you, oh, because you want to jerk yourself off and just shoot eight hundred hours of footage. Yeah, like you, you guys could have done this in ten episodes. Yeah. So uh, you know, whatever. I mean, that were there really is about an eight episode chunk that just didn't have to exist. Oh Christ, that whole episode where it's just like. And we talked about this already, I think, but where it's just, I mean, it's kind of creepy, I guess, but it's like, I don't need to see three minute montages of like the inside of nuclear smoke. Yeah. It, it's like this, this is, there weren't any characters in that episode except for that one, for uh, whatever reason, just because it was unlike anything I've ever seen on television. That one worked for me. Um, look, the idea, sure. Yeah, but it doesn't it didn't move the show forward. That's true. I guess there's some connection to old nuclear testing now or something. Right. The, the Babadook just ended. Folks, I know a kind of a running joke of these commentaries was that we never talked about the movie. This is as far as we've ever gone in terms of not talking about the movie. Um, but I think if anything, it confirms that the Duke was very overrated at the time of its release. Uh, it was unengaging to us in any way. I remember thinking it was kind of spooky, but maybe it's not as good as we all thought. Yeah, I didn't care. Um, love That's you guys. Jody, you got any plugs? Yeah. Uh, San Francisco. Uh, I'll be headlining the punchline the final weekend of August. That's the 30th through the 2nd of September, I believe. Um, so that's happening. Check out the other podcast, Emotional Hangs on Feral Audio. And uh, in September, I will be at the uh, Draft House in D.C. Uh, for doing some shows. So come on out for that stuff, folks. Oh, and the new penthouse column. Oh, I think one or two have now been whatever. But I, my new penthouse column, you let me down, is so far so good, going strong. So uh, pick up a copy of Penthouse and read it digitally or hard copy. Hard. I am on Twitter and Instagram at the Patrick Walsh. Uh, I don't really have any plugs in addition to that. But uh, what's this music I'm hearing? Is it the ice the cream man credits of this movie? Oh, playing. Okay. The end credits, Pat. Well, I was confused. I'm looking at an ad for Brad Paisley's comedy rodeo. Well, now it's playing the trailer for Brad Paisley's, <laughs> Paisley's comedy Maybe rodeo. Maybe next week for our, our horror segment, well, we'll do Brad Paisley's comedy rodeo. 
And look, my friends are on this show. Yeah. So, uh, you know, God, I don't blame any comic who wants to get a piece of that, that country comic money. God bless my friends. Like, yeah. they're good for them. But I don't think any human being has ever said, you know what comedy needs is more Brad Paisley. Absolutely not. Absolutely uh, not. Anyway. Uh, guys, thank you very much. Uh, we uh, will be back probably in two weeks from now. I guess we'll see you then, and we'll see you in hell. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>